I didn't even go to my school prom. I went to someone else's school prom in the 11th grade. And I remember it being as brief as I wanted. I got the experience that I wanted. And I kept my virginity. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak House Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of 13 Reasons Why. Season 1, Episode 5, Tape 3, Side A. Written by Julia Bicknell. Directed by Cal Patrick Alvarez, who worked on Homecoming. I gave this episode a 7.6 out of 10. Was not my favorite. A, I'm not the biggest fan of school dances. And this was not the most interesting of the stories that came out. I didn't really feel play this episode. <laughs> it's kind of getting on my nerves, to be honest. But the, the turn of events at the end of the episode find the conflict much more close to the vets, close to home, personal. And I like that. So we start at the school dance. A slow song is playing. There's romantic couples everywhere. Jessica and Justin. Zach and whomever. Bryce and whomever. And Clay looking like a lost puppy over at Hannah. Across the stadium seats. Hannah remarks that boys are assholes. And that's just the way that they are. Which is why I don't understand why you keep wasting your time on them, Hannah. (laughs) My boy, uh, my first boyfriend was 21 when I was 17. I had absolutely and utterly no time for boys. And it's not to say I did not find me a or the most mature man, but he wasn't me. (laughs) But at the same time, girl y'all all all as immature as hell as far as i'm concerned at this age because y'all hormones are having y'all act all types of melodramatic jeff tells a sharply dressed play to go get her son no high school teen talks like this at all (laughs) not even the encouragement like i see you looking at her you go get her just go over there And Clay is really hesitant and scared. Then he sees Hannah in blood and wakes from his nightmare soap. We find out by talking to his mother, at least I find out, and it's confirmed that he is 17 years old. And I appreciate the mom's insistence that they have breakfast every morning. I should really do this. Me and my daughter don't eat any meals together. Granted, we get up and do things at different times. But we should at least try to have dinner together every once in a while. Sometimes we don't even have the same dinner. I'm like, yeah, I'm having some cereal. And she's like, I'm going to have some noodles. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I do like the rapport at the breakfast table. I thought it was hilarious when he's like, what's up, sport or son or something to that effect. And he's like, dad, I said, don't say that. And so he says, morning, honey. And Clay says, well played. 
then the dad smelling him like did you take a shower and he's like yeah i did shower and he's like it doesn't smell like you took a shower and his mom asked did you take a shower last night and he says look going into the bathroom and messing with my hair and my body and my clothes all of that you know showering every day it's a lot gross you nasty a teenage boy would say this because they nasty however this is also a sign of depression and they allow this argument and then he says i gotta go to monet's because i have to meet up with a school project and it feels like every time he opens his mouth he has a school project and then mom tells him that he needed to tell him something but he left before she could and dad concedes to the mom once he's gone that okay there may be something wrong with him yeah that's 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 some cancer right there but um i was very very distracted by the toast in this scene and the spread of the honeydew because my lord that look good i really want a loaf of bread i also need a toaster i don't have one of those i need a toaster so i can put in some bread i need to melt some butter mix some cinnamon and sugar and have some cinnamon sugar toast because that sounds like it is everything i need right now in this world and i am so mad that I do not have these ingredients in my house. I have the cinnamon, a little bit of sugar, <laughs> and no, the butter's low too, man, and I ain't got no bread. We gonna have to go to the store tomorrow. At Monet's, I can't help but ask, why are them damn cookies just sitting out like that and not behind some type of glass? Everyone is breathing on them. Clay is ordering some coffee that he continues to drink and he says that this causes anxiety for him. He ain't really supposed to be drinking it like this, but now he seems to be addicted. And I laughed my ass off when they wrote Cray on his coffee cup and <laughs> not Clay. The, uh, the point of this was to witness the family breakfast between Courtney and her dad's. Courtney is getting blown up with a group text about how they need to own Clay. And she looks at Clay all guiltily as he drops the cassette player like, I know what you did. And she dips and her parents are lovely. As they say, hey, you should go with that dude Marcus to the dance and y'all would make beautiful babies. And the husband's like, you cannot say that. He's like, no, I... I think that's exactly what I should say because it's the truth. <laughs> Hannah remarks that Courtney is always so nice, pretty, sweet, popular, everyone's best friend, and how it's basically a lie. At school, Tyler is harassed by Bryce and others, and Tyler wonders why only he is facing the consequences of payback by Clay when he accuses him in the hallway and clay says well it's only you so far 
But when he sees other folks of the Hannah Baker Tape Club, he dips out. And Clay has no fear as <laughs> as he uh, eyes Courtney bringing flowers to Hannah's memorial. Clay, you need to chill the fuck out, though. Seriously. Chill the hell out with your revenge mission. Because as far as I'm concerned, and we ain't even got to your tape yet, you are a bystander is what one would call uh that complicates shit significantly when we realize that courtney sees clay's mom in the principal's office talking to him like she's there to do her job tyler is brought to mr porter where tyler basically tells him i've been pantsed and your shit for not knowing what pants means but kevin reveals that he came from a school where people well kids were killing kids i forgot to mention very quickly that one courtney is able to just leave class in the middle of to go to the office for shit to do i need some copies of this <laughs> and then everyone telling miss jensen like oh everybody loves clay and it's really reinforced that clay is not an unpopular or unlike kid he's not mal not, what's the word i'm looking for he is well adjusted right he's not a, a loner or introverted and there seems to be something else going on because there's a mention of mr boland talking to mrs jensen about it being two teens dead in the last two months so clearly something else has happened that has caused someone else to pass away and maybe this is why there's so much more scrutiny and makes a lot more sense regarding the lawsuit but getting back to kids killing kids statement by mr porter we've seen that movie and it's an interesting character tidbit that i think is going to play into a lot about who mr porter is tyler tells him what panting is they pulled out my pants in the hallway it was five people and that he's the one being sent to the principal's office and mr porter says well what can you have done to protect yourself or what have you done to provoke these actions and tyler says well, of course you would blame the victim i'm the one that was harassed and this school continues to protect the bullies and that is what pushes people to kill themselves and that's when mr porter asks are we talking about hannah baker and tyler says what do you think and mr porter says well do you want to talk about her and he's like yeah i bet you she's on your mind and then this whole passive aggressive conversation makes you believe that tyler knows that mr porter knows and mr porter knows that tyler knows that they both asses is on them tapes <laughs> and they have both listened to said tapes 
and this whole back and forth was not helpful for Tyler because I will say like Mr. Porter failed in this moment because he he's clearly allowing one the the actions of what Tyler did on the tape influence how he's treating him now when he clearly is now a victim himself and needs help right yes i see where he was going initially but there was a a, a, an accusation to his words that i believe is fueled by also a racial bias for these kids that are privileged frivolous lifestyle that they're living and the parents are allowing it to happen and then when shit goes wrong they're like oh my god and then there's lawsuits and he comes from a place where people are underprivileged that life has dealt the shittiest cards and you know all the shit that y'all are dealing with is on a different type of of uh, class level than what he's dealing with so i think that also may be the reason why whatever his uh involvement later on with what's happening makes him a a party to wrongdoing and it's going to be because of that type of prejudice so at lunch tyler is then staring at jessica zach and marcus who are discussing justin uh or justin's play to shut clay down the they reference jessica's party and how clay jessica believes that clay will believe hannah instead of thinking she is lying and marcus and zach share a look why so serious i feel so bad for jessica because she has been manipulated into believing something that clearly everyone around her doesn't believe to be true and i really hope it's not a gang rape but i do believe she must have been molested something she cannot remember and then thinking about this episode when she's talking to justin about how she's never really handled hard liquor and then see how she was like she was passed out in the car while 10 people drove by when the car uh wouldn't start because maybe someone left on a light looking at themselves in the mirror so it's possible that jessica may have blacked out and something happened that everyone has told her is untrue but as in fact true and the fact that her boyfriend is help covering this shit up is fucked up but there's just so much going on with justin that he feels like a tortured damn soul courtney joins them to reveal clay's mom was with the principal and yeah they all discuss clay once again i'm gonna call this the hannah baker tape club i thought they might have a club and apparently they already do <laughs> Zach thinks Justin's right that they need to step up the threat regarding him keeping his mouth shut about the tapes. Tyler is 
ostracized once he comes over saying i'm involved in this i want to be of help but zach threatens him with violence to get the fuck away and damn courtney says she can handle it quietly and opens her hello kitty lunchbox that seems so stereotypical (laughs) flashback hannah tries to speak with courtney about the incident because courtney has been avoiding her and she wants to support her in her sexuality but courtney isn't having it isn't ready to open about it and i will say hannah felt a little forceful in the situation and i understand that she just wanted to be this person's friend but at the same time this person did not want you to be their friend (laughs) and i think that you may have taken an ownership of something that really doesn't involve you and took it a little too far but what courtney did was worse and then uh she starts the mean girl thing by saying oh no you don't have to leave you can stay with me and my court nets is what they were called and they say you should come to this dance hannah volunteers to be their designated driver and offers up a limo her parents argue about this about her need to impress her friends with money and flash that they don't have and we'll get to what they did later on currently the parents are still going through her things and sending uh what they've collected to their respective attorneys dad sees the carnation and then we go back to the night of the dance where dad has bought or at least upgraded the lease on his car so his daughter can stunt and this is toxic i don't approve of this you are trying to teach her that your status should not be based or people should not accept your friendship based on what you can do for them or what you drive and so on and so forth and then you completely belittle the point by going out and saying well it does actually matter because i get spoiling this is their only kid too i totally understand spoiling your first child i did it myself however around the time of 11 because that's definitely when i started noticing that shit gotta stop right now uh (laughs) we start having realistic conversations those conversations be like no we are not getting that thing because it costs so on and so forth and these are the bills that need to be paid this week we don't have those conversations where you're like oh well so-and-so has this i'm like well you're not so-and-so we don't we don't shop like my mom is very very much into brand names my daughter has a brand name shit (laughs) that we don't do that that's not how i raised her and that's not how i want i like dude go out and get that paper exactly because you need if you want to do shit you need money but you also need to understand that that's not who you are that's not your worth your worth is the people that's gonna roll with you and she does she finds those people but this is a winter dance not the damn prom so there's just like no reason whatsoever in hell for her to even have asked for a limo never mind had a really nice car to do it like oh okay you want to drive your kids to the that's fine totally fine i will be driving you (laughs) 
<laughs> they did, they clearly are saying Hannah has a license. So I'll give that. Kids can drive at that time. But shit. First car you getting is not maybe the hooptiest of the doopiest. But it ain't gonna be nice because the first car you get, you always fuck up. Always fuck up. That car will be in literally six months to a year trashed. Because that's what we do to our first cars. We be hitting all types of shit. At the dance, Jessica has a brief reconciliation with Hannah. But Hannah is with her new BFFs, the Courtnets, And they ditch her very readily. And although they left on a sour note, you can see that between them. But there is genuine fondness and when they say hey to each other. Then Alex shows up and Hannah's like, oh no, I cannot acknowledge you. And she leaves. And he tells Jessica that he's sorry, but she isn't getting back with him despite him finally saying, I love you. Bryce comes over to wonder if they are getting back together. And she says no, or when hell freezes over. And he says, well, that would sound make us something I don't, I don't remember but alex leaves and then bryce wonders why alex gets all the hot girls he must have a big dick and just is uh, disgusted as we all are by everything bryce says and does justin calls him a rich asshole and then compliments jessica on looking nice and this is clearly when they started first dating or looking at each other as potential mates I don't know how many months ago this is and I will say that played with my mind just a bit. It's got to be at least more than two months ago because the kid hasn't died yet. Hannah dances with the girls but is clowned by Bryce who can't stop harassing women and Courtney feels weird especially when Hannah grabs her by the hand because he makes insinuations that they are indeed a couple Tony is the DJ for the night and has the cutest little interchange flirt scene with the unethical school editor whose name I still do not know, but does bring him a drink and see how Tony casually straightened his sharp tucks. Everything litty, I love when it's hot. Then when he was moving around DJing and he had his hand on all over him, I was like, I see this. I like this. What is this? I don't know what it is. I didn't even, I ain't paying no attention to the editor, even though he is all types of stuff and things. However, I, I, this came out of nowhere and I love it. Clay and Hannah then start to dance. We flash back to the present where Tony and Clay talk in the gym as he first tells Clay that he stinks. And Tony says, what you did to Tyler ain't right. But Clay says, I want people to hurt. And Tony says, well, who do you want to hurt? Because he probably thinking, are you wanting to hurt yourself? Because I'm your friend and I don't want you to be suicidal over this shit. Because in the end, you might get suicidal over this shit as well. Because Alex sure as hell is going through some things. So back to the dance, their slow song is interrupted at the last minute when the music is changed and then they go back to friend mode and start dancing around. Courtney is being all types of felt up by a Monty who is drunk and she is actually encouraged by her friends to allow this um, 
assaulting. And when he brings up the fact that it's her in the pick with Hannah, she tells him a big old fat lie. Justin is already corrupting Jessica as she doesn't drink hard liquor and he's encouraging her to go faster. So then the song that we've been hearing all episode comes on once again. I did not like this song at all. (laughs) And he and uh, Hannah dance. But their moment is interrupted before they can kiss because Jessica is sloppy drunk and Justin is taking full advantage. Granted, he is drunk too. And she goes to help her friend when Monty stops her in her tracks and tells her, guess what? Courtney told me that you invited her to a threesome and that you were in that picture with Laura and also that you went down on Justin and let him finger bang you. And the entire time, Clay is listening to this, and she even looks back to him for support. Hey, asshole. Okay, but how you in love but a punk-ass bitch? (laughs) Then, the scene I did like was when Hannah confronted Courtney. Like, why did you have to be a bitch like that? You really didn't need to use me as shield and ruin my reputation because you can't figure out who you are and coming up about yourself you didn't have to say nothing if you didn't say you know don't say anything at all like if you said oh it ain't me you didn't have to come for me like that like you added a whole bunch of fucking details that weren't even associated like the whole justin shit you brought that back up and i told you what happened that's fucked up and we ain't friends and that was what i was trying to be for you presently clay asked courtney to go somewhere to talk and she agrees back at the dance hannah returns to the dance floor and takes a very wasted jessica away when monty calls her a lesbian to justin justin shoves him tells him to fuck off and that you don't know what the hell you're talking about before going over to the refreshment stand to get a lot more liquor he said there was vodka in the red juice and that high school is bullshit so yeah justin been through some shit jeff the character i didn't know i wanted to be introduced to this entire episode and don't care for (laughs) talks to clay once again like clay has random friends that pop up out of nowhere and i don't know whatever clay that she was talking about hannah tucks jessica in her car telling her the sharks were circling her and this is what friends do she's being a little like oh see i'm your friend you were a bitch i was your friend like she's being clearly that but i understand you and your feelings (laughs) jessica doesn't argue and then apologizes in the car for slapping her and being like that really wasn't cool then tells her she would make the best soccer mom as she has crackers and water in the car to help with her sobriety except the car doesn't start she also tells hannah that she really likes justin but hannah tells her don't do it clay takes courtney to hannah's grave to give her a lecture about what she did why she did it how it's all their fault for hannah taking their life and i'm like eh, 
people are assholes in life yes i get what this show is trying to say you don't know what's gonna hit certain people at certain times but at the same time (sighs) there's a whole lot of things that um insulate people that make them incapable of dealing with real life shit because they are so damn (laughs) they're so damn uh privileged they're so damn sheltered that they don't have to deal with a disadvantage and it's not to say that their feelings are more invalid but it is a different kind of conversation to be had when i see things like this and it's not everyone it's just some things play also goes on and on and on about how you have two gay dads i don't understand what's the big deal about coming out and i thought this was pretentious as fuck because clay you're a coward and (laughs) courtney says that she does feel bad she is sorry and that it's more complicated admitting that she might be gay she can't even admit it to herself and she ends up leaving back in a flashback tony gives hannah a jump after like 14 people have passed her and also a cassette of the song that her and clay danced to he was even trying to help you out back then clay jessica tells justin in the present at bryce's house or his house i'm not sure that clay uh took courtney to hannah's grave what's he doing and she worries once again about the party tape bitch me too what is on this tape and justin says he's ending this now so you want to be a gangster all that shit justin has been watching too many gangster movies and the sopranos and breaking bad because he needs to stop jessica is not calmed down she says clay will believe hannah and she doesn't want people to think something that justin uh vows won't happen that can hurt her clay and tony talk about hannah still at the graveyard and his dance he asks, can you get me the song that was played tony asks if or he does have the song that was played tony gives it to him and Tony asks Clay, is he paying? Because Clay mentions he wants people to pay. Alex, Justin, and Zach jack Clay and his bike off the street and put them in the car. And then they start driving real fast to get him to shut the fuck up about the tapes. But Alex is not mentally in a good place and starts to drive ever faster until they are pulled over by a cop everyone starts shitting their pants alex is not and he says have you ever been to jail when the cop gets to the window he says you know you were driving 90 and you know how much a fucking ticket like that costs 500 dollars and three points off your license so the next time you drive that fast i will give you a ticket son and then tell your mom to save me a plate. Whoa. 
Now, a good father would be like, son, get the fuck up out of the car. This shit's about to get towed. Your friends are coming in the back of the squad car with me because what you are doing is not only illegal, but also wrong. And he actually like almost gave him a pat. Like, seriously, don't get caught doing this shit. Not so much you're doing this shit. And Justin is super happy because no one knew that Alex Cop was a dad. And this means that they're now reinforceably insulated for their actions now that Alex is on their team. Mrs. Jensen, uh, while Clay is listening to their love song or his love song with Hannah, comes to ask Clay if he knew Hannah well, which he lies about and says no. And she says, good, because she is taking the school's defense that they did not knowingly know that Hannah was being bullied, not that bullying is going on. Note the distinction, because they say they would have intervened if they had. Now, what Mr. Porter does can probably be something that ruins the school's case. Because even if the the principal didn't know, if someone at the school knows, then that is still on the school so she says uh because she he asked do you really believe that she wasn't bullied and she says well we're gonna find out so she seems to be in it for the honesty and i like that so i like the way that the episode ended it's definitely starting to turn up but i found myself not very empathetic for courtney But at the same time, I wasn't very much a fan of Clay's actions this episode. But I do want to know when we're getting to this fucking party tape because I need answers. So with that, let's get to our feedback. always classy and fine Mimi says okay Cena now I know I'm blazing through these episodes but my man is already on season two and I can't can't let him be that far ahead of me sorry not sorry mm-hmm. now this episode I didn't like as much as a previous episode but it was still pretty good I'm still trying to figure out how everyone is connected to each other outside of the tapes Because Marcus is supposed to be in the line for Valley Victorian and we know Courtney is boring as hell. So I don't understand why all of them are trying to get Clay to back off. They all must have plotted together to mislead the police on their bullying of Hannah after discovering they were all on the tapes. All of them have listened to the tapes and they know Clay's part in all of this. So either Clay's tape isn't necessarily bad or they must think Clay is going to involve someone that shouldn't be involved. I'm really trying to figure this shit out. As of now, them bullying Clay into joining them doesn't really make sense to me. Maybe I'm the only one confused or maybe I'm supposed to be confused right now, but I'm just having a hard time understanding why these seemingly different groups of kids are joining different or joining forces against Clay. How do all of them fit together other than all of them being on the tapes? And what did they do to Hannah that was so bad that she killed herself? Because at this point, I'm not convinced it's 
what we've learned already. I think that you're right, but in a different way. Like, I think your initial thing about the fact that they're all on these tapes. Yeah, that's the that's the big thing, right? So it's kind of like your daughter commits suicide, or you have a student that commits suicide, and this is after something a month ago happened, which we don't know about yet, right? So this has now, as I stated previously in the podcast, brought attention to the school, scrutiny by the board, like what's going on, two students dying within two months of each other is an irregularity, and we don't, I don't at this point know the circumstances of the other kid. And there's a suicide and this kid, Hannah, seems like a real liked whatever kid. And then the mom comes forth with accusations of bullying. So then the school principal assigns Mr. Porter to start questioning these children about Hannah. Like who knew Hannah? Who did she interact with? So on the school side, I feel like the investigation is just beginning and they're just starting to ask these questions like they were not aware of anything happening beforehand but then while these interviews are taking place and it's beginning to start these tapes have surfaced and it is now passing between these particular individuals all of them being accused by hannah baker as being directly responsible for her suicide so I don't think there needs to be or at least I don't think at this point there's a plot outside of that like there's a joint action of these particular people that did something to her now that could be the case but I don't see any evidence of that it feels as if they are also keeping shit from Bryce so that to me tells me there's something that happened at a party of Jessica's that they don't want Bryce to know that everyone knows happened for real hannah knows it happens for real but jessica does not and it is somehow vitally important that jessica continue to believe that and that's why i think justin and them are so desperate to make sure that clay doesn't start pursuing the truth because it's not as if jessica has anything against clay so if clay starts doing his shit like he's doing with courtney and starting to pry and ask more questions and something did happen to jessica and she starts finding some lies in that well then it becomes a much bigger deal and then that's more ammunition for the bakers to go against the school but now we're talking what criminal charges now their names are all going to be bad that's why marcus is like valid i'm valid victorian i can't like at some point like hannah just went through a lot of different people in the school as having an association with and i think that all these people she just happened to have an association with and i know i'm explaining this like it matters because you've already watched the entire series <laughs> so i guess i'm answering your question in real time but you already into the future so that was a lot she says my bigger question who does justin think he is like motherfucker you lame as hell <laughs> as well as being a fucking crybaby bitch so why do you think you're the leader better question who put you in charge because you're clearly not the smartest and you don't even look like the toughest so why are you dictating what everyone does or says to clay i think everyone else is just scared and i think they're scared of bryce and i think that justin is particularly close to bryce and that is 
what he's trying to because i've never heard bryce say that to anybody else besides to justin like to keep me clean and i think that there's a certain fear there and it's put upon justin to be the leader of it but you're right he's shitty and a and a crybaby and a bitch and definitely not the toughest but neither is anyone else in the group it seems <laughs> again i'm wondering how much i'm wrong or right and you're just listening to this going oh well i know now not salty at all she continues it doesn't make sense someone else should be in charge and why isn't bryce involved we know he's a dick and he's clearly had something to do with hannah's treatment at school and no one can convince me otherwise and alex lord alex yeah he was looking depressed at that dance i'm sorry but i am no longer a fan no i was not but i feel what he's going through i was rooting for him because he seemed genuinely devastated that he was part of the reason that hannah killed herself but now i'm not so sure no i think he is he's (laughs) self-sabotaging i thought he wanted them all to know what really happened to her or even feel bad about the part that they all played but it seems like he's trying to protect himself and since he has a cop for a dad he probably will ain't that the truth but i i I don't i think he is self-sabotaging in a way that says let us be caught but how did you not know that that was your dad's beat but even if it wasn't all those people probably know your dad so he probably would have been let out of that ticket some way somehow and i think he knows that part but i do think he's like what if like we should all be busted right now we should all go to jail and then maybe this shit will be cracked open but i think there is another part that just that wants to of course not be put out there for being the asshole for being a reason why someone killed themselves i really like that gay character i'm not sure if they told us his name but i like him a lot and i don't know why but i was kind of getting shipper vibes from him and tony i was too girl uh not sure if that's going to be a thing but i'm here for it almost as much as i'm here for clay and sherry my crack ship girl (laughs) we didn't even see sherry this episode i so am not shipping them this jeff character where did he even come from right glad i am not the only one maybe this is the character that something happened to that would make sense because i have not seen jeff since then and it seemed like jeff was a good friend of clay's and yes that would make sense if something happened to this jeff character see i'm figuring it out i'm smart (laughs) at least i think i am (laughs) at this time i'm sure i'll be clowned in five episodes in the future but maybe something did happen to this guy and that's why clay is really really taking hannah shit to a whole nother level where he thinks he's a superhero it seems as though as though him and clay were good friends but he's not in any of the new storylines so something must have happened to him jeff is only in the scenes where hannah has long hair so i'm assuming he's no longer alive the principal said they lost two students so i'm thinking jeff died before apparently we have the same thoughts as well hannah or even after the way the principal said it made me think maybe jeff might have committed suicide too which will be really sad for clay if he lost two friends to suicide it would also explain why his mother is so in his business and can't say 
and I can't say that I blame her because Clay is a little weird and his weirdness can be misinterpreted as suicidal just saying that's true I mean he is clearly uh showing all the signs he's not bathing that's the sign of depression he is drinking coffee so he's adopting new habits out of nowhere he is not eating as much he's withdrawn he sweated so much that he's actually doing his own laundry for the first time because he doesn't want it to be discovered and she even asked like did you wet your bet self and he says no i just sweated and that's the sign of nightmares she's not stupid like even the dad saying okay yeah we're right something's definitely going on yeah that would make a whole lot of sense why she put that prescription in front of him even though it was excessive like nah son <laughs> this is um this is necessary like you need it if you need it it is here do not hesitate because i don't want you to not have the option of taking it down a notch she says that's it for me now uh for now i didn't have many thoughts while watching this episode and now i'm moving on to episode six because like i said i got to get through this season and fast and also if we're going to continue with this series maybe we should do the same thing you're doing with merlin and do two episodes at a time for the podcast because 13 reasons why has four seasons i don't even know if i could do two episodes at a time maybe for season two maybe that's a lot it's like it's unlike merlin merlin's casual tv and i've seen the episodes so many times that doing two at a time is almost like no big thing because i don't have to write as many notes because i've already seen the episodes like 14 million times i could you know if i want to go to a scene and go moment by moment i can but for the most part i can just give you the gist of certain episodes so 13 reasons why i would have to write down notes for two episodes at a time and that would probably take me about two and a half hours and then i'd have to record and then that'll probably take another two and a half hours i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> she continues i think two episodes per podcast may make this go a little faster but also we do have a lot of time to kill so it's just a suggestion i don't know if shy is with us on this show she ain't but i guess we could take a vote or you could just say yes or no <laughs> anywho until next time love peace hair grease and black on magic see ya yeah there is a lot of time to kill because netflix ain't coming out with shit next month like nada and then we're starting doom patrol ah plus i work even though i'm mm, mm. I'm going to say no for season one and I'll think about it for season two. That's where we'll leave it. <laughs> but right now I can tell you the, the meter is pointing towards no. <laughs> but if you want to send feedback on the next episode of 13 Reasons Why, you can send that to blackrollcouch at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And if you have time, run over to iTunes and leave a review or rate the podcast. It does help. Until next time, 
Peace. Hair grease. The Black Magic. <laughs>